7th of May 2022, that we come to study the Dhamma and study this path of practice that leads our minds to freedom from suffering. And the Buddha awakened, becoming the fully self-awakened Buddha. No one else in the three worlds was able to do this, to gain this knowledge awakening by themselves. See that when we study subjects, school, university, then we need a teacher, a lecturer, who can teach us those subjects. So the Buddha, before his awakening, went to find a teacher. And he found those who had the highest knowledge. But that wasn't yet able to free him from suffering. All that it could do what he learned was to suppress the defilements. He was able to get into very deep jhanas. And so they say that even just one blade of grass uh, can obscure Nibbana. And he wasn't able to attain. So after that he sought out kind of, and went through the means of and destroying his body, of harming his body. And to the point where he fainted three times due to his efforts, but still he hadn't awakened. He tried out torturing himself in order to extract the defilements from himself, but it didn't work. And so he came back to samadhi developed mindfulness over the breath, anapanasati, which he had done before when he was seven years old, and went into first jhana at that age. But this time the Buddha entered into fourth jhana. He was able to recollect his previous existences. So when we say that people are deluded, well, what is that delusion? Part of it is a delusion about our past lives, that we don't know where we were born. We don't know that before we had had these five khandhas previously. We don't know in which realm, in which world, and what our lives were like. But these becomings and births that we went through are countless. And we go through them following causes and conditions. Sometimes as a human, a deva, a brahma, animal, or lower than that. Being born and then dying, and then getting born again and dying. And going through this many, many, many times. Another knowledge that the Buddha gained was the knowledge about the future as well. This jnana this knowledge about the re-arising of beings, the rebirth of beings, that having died, where they would be born to, and how that happens, that if they produce good karma, good actions, then they'll gain a good birth. But there are also many, or some, who do many good deeds, but just before death, their minds become deluded, and it's possible them for them to gain 
a birth which is not so good. So no one had gained this knowledge before. No one really knows this previous to our, to this life, where we had been, what we were doing. And no one knows the future either, and where beings will be born, and due to what karma. Uh, this is delusion that beings have. And they also don't know about the causes and conditions which give rise to suffering, this dependent origination, which makes us become born. We have this delusion there, which goes on to craving, clinging, becoming, birth, and we don't know that. So it was this delusion that the Buddha awakened from. And what he knew during his awakening was dukkha, the suffering, the cause of dukkha, the cessation of dukkha, and the path of practice leading to that cessation. So this dukkha is something which we understand already. Birth is dukkha. And feeling ill at ease in body and mind, this is dukkha. Wanting something but not getting that is dukkha. Attaching to things causes us to feel this dukkha. And all beings want happiness. No one wants to suffer. But we're not able to find this path that leads out of suffering. It's like we're lost in a forest and we just can't find a way out. And so we die right there in the forest. And so beings are lost in samsara, and they go between birth and death and birth and death many, many times, feeling full of fear, trying to struggle, trying to get a way out. And so they gain yet another body, and gain yet another set of physical and mental phenomena, and then throw these away, toss them away again, and then through the delusion there in their minds, get born again. And this just goes on without end, and it's filled with suffering. So the Buddha also knew that the stukha, it doesn't just arise out of thin air, but it has its causes and conditions which bring it about. There's the kama tanha, this craving for sensuality, and then bhava tanha, this craving to have, to be, and vipava tanha, craving not to be, not to have. And these are the causes and conditions that bring about the stress, the suffering. So the Buddha knew this, the cause for the arising of suffering, but it's something that the average person just doesn't know. When they suffer, they think it's me who's suffering. When they desire, it's I that want that thing. It's just filled with me, with mine, with self. When there's delight, when there's this infatuation, then it's me who feels that way. But those who have wisdom, they ask themselves, well, why does this happen? Why does suffering come about? How does it arise? And how does it cease? 
And the Buddha knew this. He knew that no one wants to suffer, but when that cause is there, then suffering will have to be there as well. That when there is this, then this will arise. With the absence of this, then this will cease to be. And so when there's the absence of craving, then suffering will cease to be. So how was it that the Buddha practiced? What did he teach? And we should follow those things. We should study this path of sila, samadhi, panya, of virtue, collectedness of heart and of wisdom, which is the way that leads us out of suffering, and it really does lead us out. And then we'll gain this wisdom, this clear knowledge, this insight into the dhammas which should be known. We'll see causes and conditions uh, that bring about the suffering, that bring about becoming and birth, that we need to abandon this tanha, this craving. And, and then through that, the niroda will appear, the cessation of suffering. The suffering just doesn't come up. And so you get to the point where there's no place for this tanha, this craving, to arise. You reach uh, chago, the relinquishment of that craving, uh, pati nisago, letting go, muti, release, and analio, not having any attachment. And these are things that the Buddha knew already, but the average person just doesn't know because there's all this delusion there within their hearts. So the stoma that we speak about, that we study, it's not really a lot. It's nothing complicated, convoluted. The Buddha likened us to like all the leaves in a forest. And that we don't have to study all of those leaves. We just study the leaves there within his hand. And that's enough. Like how we chanted before the 32 parts of the body. And there's hair of the head, hair of the body, nails, teeth and skin. All of these 32 parts, right until the end, right until the brain. And we're deluded in these things. Deluded that they're beautiful, that they're me, that they're mine. That this body is pleasurable, it's happiness. That it's something stable and lasting. That it's me. And so we come to study the truth of this body, see it as being something unattractive, as something unstable, as painful, as stressful, and as not-self. Like how we study hair of the head or hair of the body, and actually these two are very similar, just depends on the location. So the hair that's on the head, we call that hair of the head, in this case a and if it's in other parts, say on the feet, or on the arms, or legs, then that's loma, this hair of the body. And both are fed by the blood in our body. And if we contemplate into these, just this hair, and know it clearly, see it clearly as being something unattractive, then just that and will gain knowledge of the entire body. It's like 
Venerable Ajahn Chah gave a simile. He said that, say we have one kind of vessel, say a plate or a cup or a bowl, for example, and we know that one plate, then if people bring us many, if they bring uh, tens of plates or hundreds of plates, then we won't have any doubts about them, we'll know them all. So all of the practices that we do, the generosity, the virtue, and the mindfulness that we keep, bringing samadhi to a stable, established condition, being composed over our body and speech, the sila, abandoning harmful deeds, giving rise to meritorious deeds. All of these are for the sake of gaining wisdom, of gaining insight, of knowing clearly and seeing clearly into the dharmas which should be known and seen. Seeing clearly into hair of the head, hair of the body, nails, teeth and skin, and how these are anicca, dukkha, anatta, they're impermanent and stressful and not self. They're not a being, not an individual, a me or a you. And through this then <coughs> we see the Dhamma. Or if the energy of our samadhi is very high already, it's full already, then we can see this just one time and attain to the Dhamma. And for those who have developed a lot of bharami already, this is something which is not difficult to do. But for those with little bharami, then they'll see these things of the body as being beautiful, as being me or you. There's still this delight there, and this affinity, a liking towards these things. And so there's still the cause for suffering to arise. So it's this delighted, becoming entertained by these things, delighting in these things, which obstructs our vision. And so we don't perceive the truth. We gain things, we get praised, we get status, um, we feel pleasure. And these can make us become deluded. And we forget old age, sickness and death. But the Buddha taught us to be heedful. He taught us to really set our hearts. Because these lives are not sure. And may we contemplate into this fact each and every day. And this becomes clearer once we uh, reach the age of 60 and go past that. And maybe the time that we have left is 20 years or 15 years. But that's not sure as well. And it's very hard to find someone who's 90. If we can reach that age, or if someone reaches that age, it shows that in the past um, they've created this karma of not harming or not abusing or destroying the lives of other beings, of animals. And so through that, then maybe they can reach the age of uh, 90 years old, or maybe more than that, but there are very, very few who can reach that age. And if one does, it shows that one has a lot of merit, a lot of bharami there. But it's really not sure. So we may, may we contemplate a lot. May we not be heedless. May we know the Dhamma before we die. May we die before we die. 
And just how Ajahn Chah taught that we have maybe a glass or a plate, and we should see that as being broken before it breaks. And so we see into the nature of death before we die. Whether standing, walking, sitting, or lying down, we see that there's death there already. So we establish our mindfulness in the sampajanya, this clear awareness within us. And if we do that, then when these things that we own, when they break, then we won't suffer very much. But for those who have less wisdom and who don't have much mindfulness, then they will suffer over these things. So why do we need to practice? How do we practice? What's the purpose of it? And what results do we gain from the practice? And so the answer that Lumpucha gave was, well, why do we need to eat? What do we eat for? How do we eat? And what's the result of eating? And the questions that were asked to Lumpucha, to Ajahn Chah, these questions, they were questions of wise people. And they came to pay their respects to Ajahn Chah. And the answer that he gave was an answer through wisdom. It was a Zen answer. It's a Zen master of the northeast of Thailand. And I was sitting with him at the time, attending to him. And so he responded to these questions, well, why do you need to eat? He didn't teach and be picking up the Four Noble Truths, but rather he said, <coughs> well, why do you eat? For what do you eat? How do you eat? What's the result of that eating? So these questions were asked of him, and he responded by asking questions in return. And the three or four monks who came to ask these questions, they gained a deeper understanding. So may we contemplate a lot, and it's not, it's not much, it's not something complicated. We just contemplate into hair of the head, hair of the body, nails, teeth, and skin and see these things as being unattractive, see them as not being a self, and just that, and we see the Dhamma. So we don't need to study many things. <coughs> the Buddha taught that, kind of in conclusion, that attaching to the five khandhas is suffering. And so may we practice <coughs> the path that the Buddha taught, and set our hearts on this, to be heedful, and then through that, we'll be able to see the Dhamma in this life, at the very least. And if we have the Barami, then we'll be able to go all the way to Nibbana. So may you set your hearts on this.